The Green Bay Packers not just beat the Seattle Seahawks, they dismantled them to keep pace in the NFC playoff race. To discuss Sunday's game, we welcome Gennaro Armas of the Associated Press. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're talking about a win over the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone this morning. Expert interview. We have Gennaro Armas, who covers the Green Bay Packers for the Associated Press. Gennaro, how you doing this morning? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Very good. Thank you for joining us on the show. We got a lot to talk to about a uh, unexpectedly decisive victory. Not so much that they won, but they won by the amount that they did. Gennaro, were you surprised in general that they won as by as big of a margin as they did against one of the NFC's better teams in the Seattle Seahawks? Yeah, boy, you know, I, I thought this would be a competitive game, but, you know, there were concerns with the way Seattle dismantled Carolina the week before. Uh, you know, I don't know how many people outside of the Packers locker room thought this would be such a one-sided blowout and, and the manner with which it happened. But, uh, you know, it turns out this you know, this reminded me of the meltdown the Packers had in Tennessee, except this time it was, it was Green Bay making all the right moves. It was... Uh, uh, but it was certainly a big uh, a big statement win for the Packers. <laughs> That's an interesting comparison to the Tennessee game. I like that. Um, do you think the Packers made the right choice when they took Aaron Rodgers out of the game with more than 11 minutes remaining with a calf injury? And do you think that'll impact him at all moving forward? Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I mean, the Packers were up, I think they were up by 25 by then when Rodgers went out. And, uh, you know, Aaron said after the game he didn't have a problem with it. Uh, I was a little surprised at the time it happened. I think when Hunley went in, it was about the 10-11 minute mark of the fourth quarter, a little early considering how explosive the Seahawks offense was the previous week. Uh, you know, but on the other hand, you know, once you heard that Aaron had hurt his calf too, it, it seemed like a no-brainer. And uh, you know, again, the way with the way the Packers defense was playing as well yesterday, it. it uh, you know, I, I think McCarthy trusted, obviously, that, that his guys would, would finish the job off, and uh, certainly what they did. Yeah, how about the part, the moving forward? I mean, it, with, with the hamstring injury at all, are we concerned that Aaron right. Rodgers might be impacted in future weeks? Yeah, well, I mean, you've got to think that his mobility is going to be limited with, with the calf and now with the hamstring injuries. Uh, you guys might recall, uh, how he played with the calf, uh, with the left calf injury uh, a couple of years ago. This is the right calf this time. So it doesn't help that uh, he's got that left hamstring string injury too. Uh, you know, on the other hand, the passing game is in a rhythm right now. Uh, you know, the offensive line is playing 
is playing well. They get a big boost back with uh, TJ Lang coming back. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Packers are starting to show some positive signs in the running game, too, with, with Montgomery and Michael. So, you know, they've, if they can show that threat of having more balance moving forward, uh, you know, it, 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 it will certainly help. Obviously, anytime Rodgers is, is hurt, uh, that's going to be concerned. But, uh, uh, but the arm, obviously, the arm looks just fine. Yeah, the, the arm was fine, that's for sure. No problems there. But speaking yeah. of injuries, do you have any update on what happened to tight end Jared Cook? Yeah, not not really much more information right now. We'll talk to Coach McCarthy again uh, here at noon. Uh, but, uh, you know, he suffered a chest injury. Uh, I'm guessing it happened after a, a long incompletion down the sideline late in the second quarter. Uh, he came right out after that play and, and went walked slowly to the locker room. Uh, it's an injury to watch because he's such a big target, uh, big target there for Rodgers. Yeah, disappointing to see that he came out of the game. Um, but uh, on the other side of the spectrum, uh, TJ Lang, he returned for this game after a long absence due to injury. Did you expect him to return in time for the Seahawks game? And, and how much do you think he helped the offensive line? Yeah, I mean, it, it, sounded, it sounded like, uh, when we talked to him, when reporters talked to him on Wednesday last week, that it certainly wasn't a done deal. Uh, you know, TJ said he had to prove himself uh, through the rest of the week uh, and uh, in practice, excuse me. And, and he certainly did that. He, uh, you know, he played well along with that line overall. I mean, Rogers can give the line enough credit, and uh, it, it was especially a good showing against that Seattle defense. Uh, you no, know, Brian Balaga called uh, Lang a throwback player, a warrior. That's, I think that's the kind of attitude just, that just rubs off on the rest of the line there. So, uh, you know, good, good day overall for the offense and especially that offensive line too. Uh, for the first time, we saw James Starks take a backseat to Ty Montgomery and Kristen Michael. Did, do you expect it will continue to stay that way? Yes, it certainly looks like it's trending that way. You know, Montgomery, uh, as, as your, your listeners or watch, or as you guys know, has, has emerged into a guy who can make plays out of the backfield on the run and through the air. He can he can help the Packers in the slot. Uh, you know, I thought Starks might have a chance to be effective in this game because of what he's been able to do in the screen game, even though he hasn't been giving the Packers a lot on, on the ground. But uh now, clearly, Montgomery is what McCarthy would call an ascending player, quote unquote. And uh, you've got to think that Michael's going to get is, is who's getting more familiar with the offense is is going to get more carries. He shows a slasher, speedy type that the Packers uh, could use in the backfield too. Uh, although that you know those broken plays do still stick out and uh, from yesterday and and uh, you know that's that's going to be a, that's going to be something in the back of their minds moving forward. Yeah, uh, you bring up another good point about James Starks in the screen game. He has always offered that to the Green Bay Packers this season. We'll see if uh, he does that in future weeks here. We're, but we're talking to Gennaro Armas of the Associated Press here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Gennaro, on the defensive side of the football now, Demarius Randall had two of the Packers' five interceptions. Does this signal he's finally healed from his groin injury earlier this season? Yeah, it, it, you know, it sure seems that way, especially on that first pick, you know, at the goal line where he was he was running full speed and lunging in the air to, to, to step in front of the receiver for that pick. And 
you know, a play like that obviously is, is looks like a good sign that he, that he's over that injury and can play through it. Obviously, uh, I don't think it's 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 a coincidence that this defense has stiffened over the last three games with Randall back. Uh, and you, know, I mean, you all, especially yesterday, you have to give credit to Morgan Burnett and what he did yesterday in that that hybrid safety linebacker role. He was uh, he was disruptive. Obviously, he had a pick. He got he got a couple of pressures on uh, on Wilson early in the game, which I think sort of shook up, uh, uh, stayed in the back of, of Wilson's mind and, and, and the protection schemes that they had. Uh, so, but yeah, I think the return of Randall and, and uh, he's been, he's been effective and, and it looks like, yes, it looks like he's, he might be finally over that groin injury. That would be nice. Uh, he had two of five interceptions and six turnovers total on the day for the Packers defense. Although, the Packers' run D gave up 136 yards on the ground. Is that concerning, or is this just splitting air, seeing as they gave up only 10 points? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you sound like Coach McCarthy there. I mean, you can, of course, uh, 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 when you look at the stats, that's that can be a concern. Uh, on the other hand, I think if you look at Rawls' numbers, he had 67 on the game, but I think 34 of that came in the first quarter. Uh, and the Packers uh, came out and adjusted after that. Again, I think Burnett helped in that role. And, uh, you know, obviously once the Packers build a big lead, uh, that that takes the running game more out of the equation for the off- uh, for the opponent. And, you know, that is the kind of uh, that is the kind of formula the Packers uh, have used to success in recent dominant seasons, building that big lead and keeping the keeping their opponents into a, a Keeping limiting them to a one uh, one uh, one track offense, eliminating the run game. Uh, so certainly that's uh, again it could be splitting hairs there. Uh, obviously that's something they'll take a look at. But uh, good day, still a good day overall for the team. Okay, big picture here. What do you think the Packers' playoff chances are with now three weeks left in the season and still two games behind the Detroit Lions in the NFC North? Well, that's that, that. Those are the numbers there that they still have to to deal with. They, I mean, they still need help. Uh, it's, it's certainly better than it was three weeks ago. And uh, <laughs> but Stafford is, you know, Stafford is playing hurt too in Detroit. Uh, they seem they have a tougher schedule with games. I think they go to the Giants and then they go to the Cowboys before finishing up with Green Bay at home. So that certainly is. That is certainly a schedule where Green uh, the Lions can make up can lose ground. Excuse me. Uh, the Vikings, I think, have the Colts and Bears coming up besides the Packers. Uh, and then, obviously, the Packers have uh, just three divisional, the three divisional foes coming up here in the last three weeks. So they've got a shot. They have to win out. Uh, I, I think their best chance is to win out, obviously. But, you know, I think what, that, what the win did yesterday, too, was deliver a statement to the rest of the league that, you know, these guys are back, injuries and all. And uh, I think I saw a column out there that they they return to being a team that no one wants to face in the, in the playoffs again. And uh, you know that's that's besides getting that third straight win, that I think delivering that statement was especially important for this team. 
Yeah, Gennaro, before we let you go here, um, just just kind of on a, a personal note here, uh, you, you not only cover the the Packers, I mean, you cover pretty much everything in the state of Wisconsin for the Associated Press. What's a typical week like for you? Uh, are, are you still in town today covering the aftermath of the game? I know there's press conferences. Yes, yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm still in town today. Uh, stayed overnight, so I'll be uh, covering uh, McCarthy this afternoon, and there's locker room after that. Uh, typical week, you know, football season is the busiest time of year, especially when the Badgers football's in in uh, in season. Uh, it's a lot of driving between Milwaukee, Madison, and Green Bay. It's it's uh, certainly hectic. Uh, put the miles on the car, but it's uh, you know it's it's uh, I can't complain. It's 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 a uh, it's it's a great job, and and uh, I get to cover things and and see things that uh, I'm sure sure a lot of uh, you know regular regular fans would would love to cover. So uh, it's uh, lucky to have this job. So. <laughs> well, keep up the good work. We're glad to have you on the show this morning. Happy you took a few minutes out of your schedule to talk to us. Have a good day. Uh, enjoy covering the aftermath of the game here today, and uh, we'd love to have you on again sometime. No problem. Any, thank you. Anytime. Okay. Take care. Gennaro Armas of the Associated Press joining us here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning. Probably he has his stories read by more people than anybody else that covers the Green Bay Packers. Uh, just from the simple fact that when you write for the Associated Press, that's the story that gets sent out nationwide. Uh, so, uh, I, I mean, there's certainly high amounts of distribution for a place like, uh, you know, PackersNews.com now, which, you know, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and Green Bay Press Gazette joined forces. But the Associated Press, I mean, that, get, that gets picked up everywhere, even worldwide. So... Um, let, he writes to a large audience about not just the Packers, but pretty much everything in Wisconsin sports. So yeah, uh, t- take a look for his, his work following the game today as, uh, he holds, uh, will cover the press conferences and things like that. Glad to have Gennaro Armas join us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. The Green Bay Packers beat the Seattle Seahawks 38 to 10 on Sunday and let that sink in for a moment 38 to 10. Wow. Uh you know, I'm I'm not surprised the Packers won. It it is just the margin by which they did so that really caught me by surprise. I mean, I predicted a one-score game. Yeah, yeah as, as listeners can point out, yeah, you predicted them to lose. Um, but I did predict a one-score game, which pr- pretty much means, you know, it's, it's anybody's game here or there. Um, but I was, I admittedly was not prepared for the domination that happened from pretty much beginning to end on Sunday for the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. Wow, uh, this team has me believing because from a, another big-picture perspective here, I fully recognize the that the worst of the schedule is now done. It it only gets easier from here on out. Not to not that you can just chalk up W's in the win column here. Um, you know, after the 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 Bears gave the Lions a scare yesterday, so going on the road to Chicago with a team that has a decent offense, um, it you know is is certainly no gimme uh, by any means. But I mean. You'd rather be facing the Chicago Bears 
than just about anybody else, uh, save for maybe the Cleveland Browns or something like that, that it is a manageable schedule from here on out. And all the Packers got to do is really, uh, in order to win the NFC North, they have the tiebreaker because they already beat the Lions head-to-head. You, you got to hope the Lions just lose one out of the next two. That's really all. I mean, hey, if they lose two out of two, great. But all the Packers got to do uh, is lose, or pardon me, all the Lions got to do lose one out of the next two at the at the Giants, at the Cowboys, two tough games. You can kind of worry about, you know, will the Cowboys have it? You know, home field advantage clinched by then, although losing last night doesn't help the Cowboys cause. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, just, just hope the Lions lose one out of the next two. And then all the Packers got to do is take care of business in the season finale. Uh, That's not going to be easy on the road in Detroit, you know, maybe with the division at stake. That could be a high-stakes game. Uh, You could see that one being flexed to Sunday night football, perhaps. Uh, Anyway, that's that's still weeks down the road here. Uh, But that's what's to look forward to going ahead. And as we usually do, uh, we'll we'll go through our post-game chips report as a way of recapping the game here. So two players in every category, starting with your blue chip players, the the cream of the crop here. And we start with Aaron Rodgers, who who finished his final stat line, 18 of 23 for 246 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And I thought there was no play better than his 66-yard strike to hit Devontae Adams in stride to basically open up the game with a 7 and nothing lead. That was vintage Aaron Rodgers right there. Uh, he ends the game with a passer rating of 150.8. Uh, it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Best of the season, easily. Um, I, I mean, the, 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 the highest passer rating you can get is only in the 150s. Uh, I forget what the number is exactly, but I mean, there's only a few... Uh, points he could have possibly have gone up and and, in you know so he finished not far off of that Um, Aaron Rodgers completion percentage was a season high 78.3 percent which I thought was remarkable considering both you know for one the weather and it wasn't terrible weather I mean there there was snow earlier in the day kind of stopped uh, as the game uh, began, so it wasn't like they had to deal with a wet snow or anything like that. But still, uh, I mean, we are talking about a temperature hovering around freezing here. Not, not, not a you know a, a seventy degree day by any means. And not only that, going up against the Seattle secondary that yeah was without Earl Thomas, but this is still a Seattle secondary that still had Richard Sherman, that still had Cam Chancellor. Uh, Jeremy Lane is not chopped liver, although he's not exactly maybe Pro Bowl material. This was a very good performance from Aaron Rodgers. And and perhaps most impressive of all, he had a season-high 10.7 yards per attempt passing. That's what I'm talking about. Folks, I think that when you're looking at a quarterback, that might be the most important statistic. I, I mean... I, I suppose touchdown to interception ratio might be the most important statistic. You know, when when you are giving up turnovers, that is never a good thing. But to really judge a quarterback and their effectiveness 
look at the yards per attempt. To to average over 10 yards per attempt is amazing. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was that, when he was kind of mired in that slump, you know, that basically the end of last season carried over into the beginning of this season, there were days when he wouldn't even, you know, reach six yards per attempt, and now it's over 10? I mean, that is fantastic for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this this is getting back to where he was at his MVP level. I mean, basically during this three-game winning streak here, uh, this is just Aaron Rodgers at his best. I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than this because he, he's throwing the touchdowns, he's avoiding the interceptions, high passing yards per attempt, it's it's exactly what you want, and he's just in sync right now, distributing the football to the playmakers, doing a great job. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, very worthy now for a couple straight weeks being in the blue chip category. Um, and when he's on, it's just so easy for the, the rest of the team to just follow his lead and go with him and, and just, you know, ride the tide. Um, and that's what the Packers are doing right now and looking very good. Your other player getting blue chip status, safety Morgan Burnett. Had seven tackles on the day. That hardly tells any of the story um, because he was so effective in other phases of the game, although his seven tackles are great, <laughs> certainly. Um, but the, the his moment in the sun was his interception of Russell Wilson in which he was covering an elite tight end like Jimmy Graham. Um, he undercut the route and set up a Packers touchdown in the first half in the second quarter. Uh, Morgan Burnett only had two passes thrown his way the whole day. One of them was the interception. He gave up what, otherwise he gave up one reception for six yards. Uh, you know, the, the Packers can more than live with that when you're playing at the level Morgan Burnett did on Sunday. He also chipped in two quarterback hurries, according to Pro Football Focus. So he made his presence felt in the pass rushing department, and they graded him as the second highest safety in the league this week. So that is remarkable for Morgan Burnett. He also, as Gennaro Armas alluded to during the interview earlier in the show, he continued to take snaps at inside linebacker. And now consider this as well. Morgan Burnett played more snaps than anyone on the entire roster on Sunday. Precisely 80 of them between defense and special teams, where he also made a tackle on special teams in coverage. Uh, you know, when, when you start looking at all these things, adding them up, the contributions... Uh, in pass coverage with the interceptions, the tackles and run support, the pass rushing that he provided, the special teams contribution and playing more than anybody else on the roster. This is great. And I, I now have mentioned Morgan Burnett a few, cons uh, a couple times over the past several weeks. And even last week, I don't think Morgan Burnett was in the chips report, but he still had a good game last week. I mean, he is he is really stepping up his play, especially the second half of the season. But, I mean, it's been a solid season all around for Morgan Burnett. Really, really good and, and very good as of late. Uh, so he's the other blue chip performer. Uh, red chip category players, the good, maybe not great. But um, 
One of them goes to Dayton Jones, um, where, yeah, he had the unnecessary roughness penalty, um, but at least it was offset, and, and maybe that's why he's not blue-chip you know, caliber this game. Um, but, I, I mean, his impact throughout the course of the game, he made two tackles, he got a sack, and he was credited with five quarterback hits, which was most on the team. And, okay, he had five quarterback hits. The next closest on the Packers roster was just one. So he had four more than anybody else on the entire team. Uh, so really doing a good job getting pressure on Russell Wilson. And, you know, even when he wasn't getting the sack, he was hitting him, putting him to the ground, things like that, letting him know he was in for a long day. Um, if he could just, you know, kind of tune things up a little bit, get rid of that penalty, he really would have been good. And, and, you know, he played more than 40 snaps. I, I think it was his third highest play total of the season. But the Packers needed that out of Dayton Jones because, of of course, Nick Perry didn't play with the broken hand. So uh, Nick Perry not, not playing at all. So they need people on the edges to, to take up more of the snaps. And especially with, with Clay Matthews being semi-limited, he was out there certainly this game like he was last week. Although Matthews, you know, presence once again not not you know a a big contribution by any means but so Dayton Jones was out there doing the job getting it done you know I think this is the first time all season he may have been in the in the chips report or at least the positive end of it uh getting the red chip this game so kudos Dayton Jones keep it up keep going in this direction because if he starts making a contribution uh, you know, that that's kind of almost unexpected at this point. You you know, my, guys like Mike Daniels are going to bring it every week. If, if Dayton Jones can keep pace with that, then they really, they're brewing something there uh, in the front seven of the Packers defense. Your other red chip performer, offensive lineman TJ Lang, gutting it out this one. Uh, so they say uh, that, Players with broken bones, which TJ Lang acknowledged he did in his foot, uh, they say broken bones typically take four to six weeks to heal. Well, Lang missed three consecutive games in which he sat out. He returned in time for the fourth um, and uh, did a good job holding down the fort. Uh, Was it a a great performance by TJ Lang? I mean, I'm not sure. Anybody can really say that without going through the film a second time and really isolating him in his play. But all I know, he was solid out there. Uh, Like I said, held down the fort. And and the fact that he was out, it it was an upgrade over Jason Spriggs, who, you know, has, has, has been okay for the Packers. Spriggs was better than Barclay, which was really poor, but, but Spriggs still wasn't wasn't great by any means. He's out there learning. He's not an ideal guard player. And to have T.J. Lang back out there in the position he's most comfortable with, that's what the Packers really need. They were getting that out of him. And uh, it, I know he kind of described in interviews like he had extra cushioning at the bottom of his shoe and a shield on top. And between those two things, pretty much allowed him to go out there and, and battle through that that broken bone in his foot. So, I, I mean... It, Great job. I mean, to have 
to have TJ laying down the stretch is, is really a boost to the Packers offensive line. And, you know, the whole line once again, really did a good job pass blocking and, and TJ Lang was a part of that. So, um, uh, you know, a good job. Uh, he, he does deserving of kudos for this game. Uh, all right. The cow chip category. Um, and I tell you, I had a really tough time coming up with players for this. Uh, I considered Kristen Michael for his blown plays, uh, which almost negated anything good he did. Although maybe it's a good thing that the, those things happen in a blowout and he can learn from them because, I mean, that can't happen anymore going forward. There just can't be blown plays like that where they're just busted and the Packers losing yardage. I, I mean, if, if hey, if, it, if it's a, just a poor play and they don't gain any yards, at, at least, you know, he gets back to the line of scrimmage or something and, you know, it's second and 10 instead of second and 15 or whatever it is. Uh, anyway... Uh, but he did enough good and trying to stick it to his former team that will will give Kristen Michael the benefit of the doubt. Also considered Kenny Clark, not so much for a terrible performance, but for now, pretty much falling behind Dean Lowry in the defensive line rotation. Lowry played more more snaps, got a sack, uh, and, and Kenny Clark, he did all right. He made a few tackles that were all right, but just falling behind in that defensive line rotation. Anyway, I spared him the indignity. Uh, so your cow chips, uh, one going to Jared Cook, who had one catch for her 15 yards, which was fine. You know, this this is less an indictment of his play when he was healthy and more what he failed to do, and that's come up with any meaningful contribution really now for a couple weeks. And he's now hurt once again for the second time this season. He missed so much time early on. He got back and and pretty much, you know, Jared Cook had that one game in which he had over 100 yards, and and that was the high watermark for the season. Uh, Everything he's done since that time has been pretty much you know, hasn't been all that great. Um, it, it, he even had the, the the one good game he had. He had the 100 yards. He still had the fumble that was critical to the outcome of that in that Packers game, which was disappointing too. So Jared Cook, just uh, unfortunate that he's really not providing a whole lot here. I mean, if he was healthy uh, and, and he was out there, I mean, it's scary to think what he could provide, but we're just not seeing it. And in fact, share this tidbit from PackersNews.com reporting that uh, executive Elliot Wolf was seen in the locker room after the game talking to tight end Devin Kajust on the practice squad. And you can read into that what you will. Uh, certainly nothing has been made official at this point. Uh, but if Cook's injury is going to keep him out, uh, the Packers may have to make a move here at the tight end position, and maybe that's what they're thinking about right now. Again, just speculation on my part because nothing's official, but you could certainly understand that may be in the works going forward here. Uh, they they do have the roster spot that they're able to open up rather easily, so may, that might be the move that they uh, eventually make, whether it happens today, tomorrow, over the course of the week, whenever, um, it, it's probably not coming from outside the organization. So at this point, it's probably somebody being promoted from the practice squad. Uh, 
Um, so that's what that is. And, and other than that, uh, your other cow chip uh, goes to Julius Peppers on Sunday, who had one assisted tackle on the day. Pretty much his production didn't meet his snap counts when he was on the field for more than 40 snaps. Once again, taking a large large amount of snaps because uh, Nick Perry was out and because Clay Matthews was semi-limited. Uh, Julius Peppers had to play a large amount of plays and, and didn't really make a contribution in either the pass game or the run game. And in fact, you know, when we're talking about the run game, it was kind of the one fault you could kind of come up with for the Packers giving up 136 yards on the ground. Julius Peppers didn't really help matters there. Um, now, certainly he, he's been looking good. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate that it seems like Julius Peppers is either like in the chip category, you know, he's, he's a blue chip, he's a red chip, or he's a cow chip. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of in between. It's just like when he's absent, he's totally absent like he was Sunday. It's unfortunate because you see that he's still got it in him when he's looking good out there. Uh, if the Packers can just get an average performance out of him on a day like this or you know, be an average performance going forward here in these critical games that they need to stay alive for the playoffs, they need him out there not looking you know, invisible, they need him out there at least just looking average. And, and so hopefully that happens in these upcoming few weeks here. Uh, but as for Sunday, Julius Peppers in the chips category uh, with one just one assisted tackle on the day, not even a solo one. Uh, but that's your chips report, and uh, that leads us into the next segment. The day ahead. All right, interesting here. On Monday... Quarterback Aaron Rodgers is raising money for the Salvation Army, signing autographs from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time inside the Lambeau Field Atrium. Uh, He will sign for the first 200 people on a first-come, first-served basis. The cost is not cheap. Uh, It is $100 apiece. And now, not only that, also remember that Aaron Rodgers is matching every donation out of his own pocket. Uh, And again, not just for tonight's signing, but for every one the Packers have done this year. Pretty much every Monday since Thanksgiving, they've been doing these Salvation Army donations uh, in which players will sign autographs. It's been different players, different weeks. Uh, I think last week it was actually Julius Peppers, and I can't remember who else. Was it Nick Perry? Yeah, Nick Perry, because we talked about him uh, with his broken hand, uh, perhaps uh, having to sign. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, you, you can do the math, and you know if Aaron Rodgers is is matching these donations, you know we said hundred. Most players, it was like a $20 contribution to get their autograph. Aaron Rodgers being the the major player here, he's $100, but you know they're capping it at 200 people. That is $20,000 that's going to be raised tonight alone, and Rodgers is going to match that himself, $20,000 out of his own pocket to the Salvation Army. And again, not just tonight, but every uh, signing that the Packers have done, which is really charitable, 
uh, for Aaron Rodgers to do that out of his own pocket. And I suppose being one of the highest paid players in the NFL, he can certainly afford it, but glad he does something like that. That's really cool. So that is happening this evening. In fact, I already saw reports from local news outlets. I saw from a local television station. I forgot which one off the top of my head. I'm sorry. Uh, might have been WBAY, but regardless, whoever it was, people were already lined up at like 6 a.m. this morning in order to get in this autograph line. So uh, if you want to do so, uh, you better get in line now because by the time 6 o'clock p.m. rolls around, they may have hit that 200-person mark already. Maybe they have right now. If knowing, knowing Packers fans, nothing would surprise me. So uh, that it is funny. Um, also going on uh, in the world of the Packers today, Mike McCarthy's press conference today is at noon central time. That is streaming live at Packers.com. So if you want to watch that, we talked about Gennaro Armas. Uh, he'll be there covering it today. Uh, but you can watch it live online if you want to. So that happens at noon before um, uh, you know Mike McCarthy hosts his own television show later in the day. And hey, for those people sticking around Lambeau Field trying to get Aaron Rodgers' autograph, if they want to stick around, they can see Corey Lindsley will be the guest on the taping of Packers Live with Larry McCarron. That's at 6.30 p.m. Central Time inside the Lambeau Field atrium at the uh, Legends Club level. Um, elsewhere on the talk show circuit, I saw Demarius Randall will be the guest of Ty Montgomery on Clubhouse Live on Monday evening. Uh, that's at 6.30 p.m. in Appleton at uh, uh, Clubhouse Bar and Grill. Um, and that's appropriate on the day after Demarius Randall has two interceptions. Uh, certainly made his appearance on the show a whole lot easier to talk about his performance. Uh, there's plenty good to talk about there. Um, and uh, kind of interesting here, uh, it, it is Jared Cook's turn to host in the huddle on the Woodward Radio Network on Monday night from 6 to 7 o'clock p.m. At, uh, at the game day sports bar and grill in Appleton. Um it just I, I noticed that because Aaron Ripkowski had hosted last week, so this week it's Jared Cook's turn. I don't know if that's going to change because of Jared Cook's injury, whether that would actually prevent him from doing this. I don't know. That's just something to keep an eye on because if he does host it, uh, maybe we get a peek into what happened with Jared Cook. All they said is a chest injury, and if it's you know if it's you know going to keep him out sometime, I, I think it's. We're going to hear it's going to be more specific than just chest injury. I, I don't know. It could be a broken collarbone. I have no real clue here, uh, but that's why his, his appearance is notable tonight. You can look for that. Like I said, Woodward Radio Network stations. You can tune in and listen 6 o'clock p.m. live on Monday night. So that's what's happening in the world of the Green Bay Packers this Monday and that's what's happening on Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us uh, today. Thank you to Gennaro Armas for being our guest on the show. Uh, and we'll talk to you later, folks. Uh, my call to action after uh, promoting so many other things for so many weeks back to normal here. Uh, it's been a while since I've kind of gone over this. Uh, we could use ratings and reviews on iTunes because it helps us get word out about the show uh, which is free of charge 
no subscription, no paywall. So if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us a five-star rating and a brief little review because it helps get word about out about the show. And we think it's a service to Green Bay Packers fans. So we'd be grateful if you would do that for us. And that'll do it, folks. Enjoy your victory Monday. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday with Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com being our guest as he usually does every Wednesday during the season. So we'll talk to you then. Enjoy it, folks. Bask in the glory. Uh, We'll see you Wednesday. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. We will see you later. And I leave you today with a song called... Kinney in a Cooler by Keller Williams on Sci Fidelity Records. Go, pack, go. Mm-hmm.